Can't Buy You Class, a podcast about reality television through a critical lens. And today we are joined by Mia Wachtel. Wachtel? Wachtel? I'm so sorry. Wachtel. Walking in town. <laughs> Mia, Mia walking in Talon and Tezzo, who um, is his a childhood friend of me and Gemma, but it's actually really funny because I didn't realize I like knew. Mia, I thought I knew Mia from high school, from mutual friends, but then Gemma was like, you know, Mia, we have literal childhood pictures of us <laughs> being babies together. And I was like, oh shit. Yes. We did all know each other as infants. So that's who's on her. And she's, she's also really smart and credited <laughs> and wonderful and, um, and a fan it, of dating reality shows. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today um we're going to talk about the finale of two dating shows uh we're going to talk about the finale of Clayton's season of the bachelor and we're going to talk about the entirety of uh love is blind season two that's right that's what's a buzz so welcome mia thank you yeah everything i can credit myself to is through knowing the two of you so Glad to be here. <laughs> All of my accolades. <laughs> exactly. We're really happy that you're here. And yeah, so so just, I mean, it's not going to, it probably won't hit with the listeners as well, but um, this is essentially the original brain trust uh, that, that met in 1996 Manhattan <laughs> and Williamsburg. Um, so why don't we just set the scene a little bit? So for those of you who live under a rock, um, the bachelor finale or have, or think you're better than us, uh, the bachelor finale, um, premiered last week and it was a two part finale and it was Clayton's season, which was generally a season that people seem to really like. There's been a lot of, there's been a lot of criticism about the bachelor the last few seasons they've been incredibly boring matt season was boring and katie kind of sucked so this was a much needed reprieve a much needed and they really did a return to form you know they the bachelor kind of had to put their ducks in order after like people were getting canceled for not having representation on their shows so the bachelor really scrambled and they were kind of in this weird in-between space while they fired their host chris harrison but now after all that we come back to this season with a white male football player, vanilla as hell, Wisconsin. I'd say an no. even whiter, maler, white male. Yeah. Than Chris Harrison. And the, right, the host, who is similarly a Midwestern football guy. So the return to form was definitely the, the overarching theme of this season. But Mia, what was your impressions of the season? Oh, I mean, I didn't expect to like it. I think no one expected to like this season, but yeah it's like all of the kind of weirdness of the bachelor is back um in a different way oh i feel like we need to acknowledge that a literal red rose was just delivered like this is just 
the simulation, like you were just delivered a rose. That's crazy, Phoebe. I was just real time. I was just handed. <laughs> Shout out to my incredible partner, Christopher, who just mid recording pod gave me a rose to symbolize their love for me, but also um, their respect of the podcast. This season was just crazy. I mean, it was like no one saw it coming. I think it had like some of the lowest ratings of any season of The Bachelor. And yet, those of us watching, yeah. woo. Also, I feel the need to acknowledge that um, Jesse Palmer is tall. And I feel like the only thing that Chris Harrison had going for him as like an underdog, like not white man, was that he was like a short king. And now he just has <laughs> tall men all around. Yeah, now it's just fully trapped. Yeah, now they're all 6'4". Exactly. Can't escape it. So Chris, Jesse Palmer has very feminine vibes. Also, Jesse Palmer was important to note for the listeners for your history lesson. Jesse Palmer was on one of the first seasons of The Bachelor. Yeah, which was very male vibes on the first season of The Bachelor. And like they they had like a little joke during the um, I, I guess like the finale where it's like a live audience where Clayton like played back like a blooper reel from Jesse's season. And it was very much like, I am a dumb sportsman who doesn't remember women's names. But then you go to Jesse now and his voice has somehow risen like two octaves and he's gotten Botox and he's like, I don't know, like I get some, I get some like maybe inside well, as a woman. I vibes. think it's actually, <laughs> I mean, it's, he was on The Bachelor before what being on The Bachelor now means like it was a different context but he's someone who I assume has lived in LA coming off of The Bachelor and like kind of being like yossified by LA for the last like 10 15 (laughs) years so I feel like maybe we're projecting into the future like what all these guys on The Bachelor are going to be like right well he's also like an ESPN commentator yeah I think he also like hosted some other dating show maybe I'm wrong um no, it's just it's just so funny because like the the big joke is like uh, sports or like the the man the man reality television, and I've thought that exactly. for years before like the tweets went viral about it. But like no, it's like sports are literally like real time. You don't know who's gonna win. Like the big winner gets like the big shiny trophy at the end, and then like next season, it's literally called a season. Next season, like the winner uh, is ranked first. Right. And what's very interesting about that, I think Mia has maybe, I think we wanted to kind of touch on this is that, um, you know, the, the bachelor also kind of famously has these like very strange internal logic and these very serious rules and the finale, just to give a little context, the finale was very rule focused in this way that I feel like the last couple of finales have been where, Basically, there was a rift between the lead and their number one pick for their fiance. And this time it was Susie with Clayton. And the rift is usually like what happened with Katie and Greg, too. It was a similar feeling of one. The lead is the lead is playing the role of the bachelor and not the role of a of a partner or a potential fiance. And the contestant who's dating them is like, I need you to be in the real world for a second. And the lead can't really get themselves out of it. So that was this big drama with Susie and Clayton because Clayton slept with the two other women and didn't tell, and then told her. And she was like, well, I wouldn't, if we were going to get engaged, I wouldn't have wanted you to do that. So I'm going to leave. Spoiler alert. She comes back. Blah, blah, blah. We can get into that. But anyway, 
So the rules are very important and, and the who's playing by the rules and who gets to win is a whole big aspect of the show. And I know Mia, you have been listening to a podcast that kind of like game analysis does the bachelor. Yeah. It's, if you haven't listened to this podcast, like you have to, it's so wild. It's called game of roses. I think it's pretty popular, but they, I guess it's kind of like game theory, but also like they've done all this statistical analysis of every contestant on the show and like the order in which they get the roses and their odds of making it to the final three or winning the, um, like, you know, becoming engaged or becoming the next bachelor bachelorette. And then they also break down behavior in the game. Like if you cry, like that's a, a specific kind of gameplay and they're adamant that this is their sport and it's very tongue in cheek and funny. Um, but once you start listening to it, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. This literally is yeah. a sport. Like, and they all, everyone's aware of it in the game. Just the, like the golden rule is that you can't acknowledge it as such or else you're, you're right. Out. Like I just lost the game yeah. type of thing. I remember in Rachel, right? She was after Katie. Rachel see was her name oh. also Rachel? No. Who is Michelle? Michelle, Michelle. Sorry. Um in Michelle, I don't really watch the show, but so sorry to Bachelor Nation. I, I do remember though that in like the first episode of Michelle's season, someone was kicked off because he had like a playbook. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. And they were like you can't like, and oh, okay. So um, I'll, I'll just, I'll, this is going to be quick, but it's something that's been on my mind. So he was kicked off because he like had the playbook, mm-hmm. right? Cause they're like, they're like, oh, like this is not a game. Like this is not a sport. Like this is uh, like a, like a show, a situation and experience to find true love. And I yeah. feel like something very similar happens on Love is Blind where um, there's a lot of awkwardness and tension in the reunion with shake because he's kind of like what he reveals he's like yeah like i honestly couldn't take this seriously <laughs> like marriage is like a purchase and they're like marriage is not a purchase marriage is about love and right. he's like what are you talking about like marriage is like an endless contract anyway so we can get into that later but i think that the vibes are very similar there were part of like the the thing about the bachelor is trying to convince themselves that it's not a competition and even gabby tearfully look when 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 clayton is very is like um you know clayton when he reveals to gabby and rachel that he slept with both of them. He's in love with both of them. And he was also in love with Susie. And then Gabby's like, this is not a competition. And you're like, no, it is. It's literally a competition. And actually what Clayton is doing fits very well within the logic of the show, just not within the logic of the real world. So that, sorry that that was very, very long and tangent. No, yeah, but that's totally the tension. And also that the interests of all the people in the show are at odds. Like, so the lead is the, the, show circulates around the lead and the purpose of the show is for the lead to find love but everyone competing for the that person's love is secondary right but the show really does like the show follows the the players more than it does the lead um and they ultimately really become victimized or sympathetic characters because the show needs to set someone up to be the next lead um and this season, 
and to continue the Bachelor yeah, Nation exactly. project. And and this season was so interesting. They just fucking threw Clayton under the bus. They were like, and they set him up uh, for it. I mean, obviously, like this was all orchestrated. Like there's all sorts of stuff that happens, but like behind the scenes, that is. But yeah, they were like, no, this the the tables have turned now because the show is really more about the contestants and like propping them up than it is about you and your happiness I think that that actually may have to do with like the like it's a wokeness that in a way works on the show where it's like the wokeness doesn't work where they're just like let's put like a black person in let's like get more POC on the show or like let's talk about our feelings like sure I mean it's not like it it works like whatever but I think that like when you actually play with the power dynamics or when you allow like a straight white man to be like fully emasculated and humiliated and made to be like a like a full-on victim like that actually is working within like like a more um, like disorienting realm, you know, when he's like first bachelor in history to ever be right. rejected. Right. Right. And I think that that to me says a lot more than just playing copy and paste with like, with like race, which always feels like very gross to me, you know, when it's like, oh, the world is going through these protests. Let's have a black bachelor. Yeah. And like, what, like what? Like it just, it, that, that always is like very icky. But I think that actually working with like the internal logic of the show to make people able to dissect the power structures um, works better. I think interestingly, it's an unintentional effect because I, I don't think, yeah. I think you're right. I also don't think the producers of The Bachelor have ever tried to touch um, any sort of political issue with any depth. And like, this would be far too, like, I mean, it's not that nuanced, I guess. They're like, girl power, like now we have two bachelorettes, which I do think is because they thought Susie was gonna be The Bachelorette. And then they were like, oh shit, like we need, someone else but um yeah and then they were like I guess it's just both of them but um but yeah I think that like this was inorganic and that's probably why it's so compelling like an organic outcome and Mm -hmm. all of this sort of prodding they were doing for on Clayton to make him fuck up and be a disaster was really just for drama like oh this will be dramatic and interesting enough like oh what's gonna happen like test these women and see see how they handle the pressure and, and stand up for themselves. Right. And what I what I was thinking like too is like, I mean, I had this thought when they announced after Matt's season, when they announced that it would be both Michelle and Katie as Bachelorette, I had this thought that like, you know, obviously like the the Bachelor exists in like in this very, you know, patriarchal, you know, heteronormative universe but at the same time like the bachelor has had to contend with the like cancel culture and like me too stuff like a lot because also they get people who are have terrible politics and are usually like conservative republicans like rachel kirkconnell going to plantation party you know like it just it's like very predictable basic white people you know who like do shitty stuff and and the men especially you know i i think i think they're probably like there's been these trends where like, so first of all, so there was, so anyway, so in Michelle season or Katie season, now they do this all the time. Now there's like, you know, like a trauma circle and it's like, oh, reveal your biggest, indis- your biggest indiscretion with a woman. And it's, it's, it's almost like this, like, you know, Twitter come to life, like 
are you an abuser? Like, right. Cause like, that's like the fear I think. And, but the, but the me, I feel like what the product of the me too thing is, is kind of that it's, um, it felt like America didn't really want to see like a man winning, you know, didn't really feel like, like, I feel like they didn't really want to like have like a dude, like get what he wanted and like get a woman like it. So I, I feel, and I feel like that's just like continued with Clayton. We're like, they, but they've now just totally switched it. Like you were saying, Mia, that's like more contestant focused, but like Clayton's arc of being like rejected and like made fun of and like totally thrown under the bus, like started right away. Like when he got selected, they read his mean tweets to him, like on stage and everyone's like, who is this guy? And he's like, the whole season, he's like kind of insecure. He's like kind of cocked. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe it's like they contend with it. Or maybe it's like those things get read into the show because it's like so much a moment, part of our moment. Yeah. Yeah, this is somewhat tangential, but kind of related. I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the beginning of the first episode, like finale episode, there was a sign in the background of someone. It was like, I think in Russian, that was like, or in Ukrainian, but I'm pretty sure it was in Russian. I like was reading about it. It said like, we stand with, the bachelor stands with Ukraine, which, oh! Like, you know, the most obvious worthless piece of virtue signaling they could have possibly done. And like the whole crowd is cheering. There's no like verbal acknowledgement. And it's so clearly just like a planted sign that they have someone holding. And I feel like that just says it all, but it's, it's, um, right. Yeah, it's just kind of indicative of the like dissonance of The Bachelor where like so many things are happening at once. There's at one time like no acknowledgement of the outside world and you're kind of supposed to like forget that the outside world exists and then they also just will throw in something every once in a while like chew this up and and respond to it. Um, Yeah. I feel like I also noticed that, I mean, it's also tangential, like, and on a global scale, like, you know, the fact that it was like, Iceland was their setting. And like, Iceland is like, totally this, like, look, like, I was thinking about this because I saw Bjork, like last month, and she is obviously famously Icelandic. And um, so, and she had this you know, let's like miss it. Like she had this video at the end of her performance that was like Greta Thunberg being like, you know, we must protect the children and the future of the earth. And like, it felt kind of funny that they like had it in Iceland. That's like this grand, like scenic. And and it's also like, it, there is a site of like a lot of climate activism. And, you know, the fact that, you know, they're kind of betting, the contestants are doing this kind of future betting, which Phoebe and I have talked about a little bit, like future markets, like speculative markets, like, you know, like they're doing this betting on the future and they're like in this place. And, you know, I just thought that was, I thought that again, Mia was another example of like, yeah, there's the bachelor's I think interesting because it is like a confluence of like all of these things at once, but it's so, so, so fabricated, you know? And, and then when the real slips in, it's really compelling. Yeah, no, and I, there, there are so many uh, incredible, surreal moments in Iceland. The first was like the direct product placement of Airbnb, where Clayton, like, His Airbnb is like, excellent. I know. He's like, can you believe this? My parents found this beautiful place at Airbnb. I, I saw the house yeah, and I was crazy. like, this is too nice for The Bachelor. Like, what, who, who scouted this? And it was an Airbnb, Airbnb, like, yeah, product placement. Like, look at this gorgeous, modernist house in Iceland. Yeah. 
Right. But then like the view outside the window, it was like this glacier and like, it looked like a painting, but yeah, no, totally Gemma. Like it was, it was almost like the image of global warming like yeah. right outside their Airbnb window with like also like a company like Airbnb, which I mean, not directly, but like very much so contributes to like a very contemporary ethos of like global warming pipeline. I don't even know like which way it goes, <laughs> yeah. but you know what I mean? Just like with, like, with, with like, the tr- like the like travel being accessible and like post pandemic travel and like feeling safe in an Airbnb or like right. wanting to like conserve money because like now you can't stay at hotels because you lost money during the pandemic you know what I mean like it like even like the the idea of an Airbnb seemed very conducive to like con- like contemporary politics but some so I I also like um I think when uh, Michelle became the bachelorette i there was like this that that rachel Lindsay article popped up and rachel Lindsay was like the first black bachelorette and she's mm-hmm. also the one who called out chris harrison or she's kind of like uh in a conversation with her it was when yeah. chris harrison um said the remark that then got him fired um but but she said something very interesting uh, she i forget where the article is but we can link to it she was writing an article about i think her season um where she was doing the hometown visits mm-hmm. and she was dating a white guy or one of them was white and she went to his hometown and he took her out on a double date with another like mixed couple mm-hmm. um and she she was saying that like in I mean I forget I haven't read this article in a very long time but there is like something along the lines of like on The Bachelor, you're only allowed to be Black in the context yeah. of whiteness. And right. I kept thinking about that this season where the the Black or not the the like the POC um, contestants who got far, they were all half white, mm-hmm. like Serene and um, Teddy. Mm-hmm. They were like, like, they were half Black, but they were also half white. And then when you went to all their hometowns, and I think Gabby is also maybe mixed race, but uh, when you go to, no. I think she's just a white girl. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, when you go to all their hometowns, like even with Serene and even with Teddy, just because Teddy we saw in the beginning with her uh, mother and her sister, they only show the white family members. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought that like that was really telling about like what like what's allowed to be political or how far the politics goes on a sh- on a show well, like in this. Michelle's right. season, it was a similar thing. And Michelle, like you know, it may be the first instance where a like black bachelorette also chooses. There's like two people of color at the end of the show winning, um, and. Yeah. And it was three. It was the final. The final three was all all men of color. Men of color. But all of their hometowns. It was bizarre, and I think the internet kind of blew up over this because all of the men had. I'm pretty sure they had like black dads and white moms who had red hair. Like they literally looked identical, <laughs> and it was like, how did they? Like, what are the odds? And how did they cast people like right. so specifically like this? And uh, of course, Michelle is also mixed, so it kind of holds that like there's always this relationship or like tie to whiteness and I think it's also like this is the bachelor like who you know this is such a white show in general like the who goes on the show is part of it but um I mean obviously there there are plenty of people who apply to go on the bachelor who don't get selected but um right and even Taisha Taisha wasn't allowed to just be like a black 
host, like she needed the counterpart yeah. of Caitlin. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. I think it only encapsulates the real world at the same time because it's literally unavoidable, and they do everything they can to avoid right. it. Um, right. And I think that love is blind is, I mean, this is a good segue because the premise of love is blind is so kind of absurd, obviously, like love is, love is not blind, I hate to break it to you, but, um, you know, they, they don't really touch race when they're in the pods um, or like they were background really that much like, oh, personality, like, you know, kindred souls or whatever. But then the show is fairly expensive Listen about like oh this is what it means to intertwine two people's lives in a in a real real way as real as it can be on a reality tv show but the bachelor is mm. like you'll never see a pair of people on the bachelor discussing politics even though that's so important in terms of for most people in terms of their compatibility with another person or they've touched race a little bit like you know like how has this affected you that's always how they kind of frame it like how is it to be yeah. a you know a black man in the world and they have some some answer and that's kind of like oh thanks for sharing that and that's the end yeah. of it but um yeah it's it's wild um but the shows approach it in total totally different ways right right well Mia you had a note in here about um you you're like the bachelor as like author- authoritarian and like, how does it get that political legitimacy and like, how will it sustain or how will it change? You know, and so I would, if you want to talk about that, I'd love to hear Sure. I mean, yes, I like to go on about Bachelor Nation. And I think it's hilarious that that's what they call themselves because like that just, that's what it, that's yeah. what it is. It's an, authoritarian, <laughs> it's an authoritarian nation state, Bachelor Nation. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like the lie of the Bachelor is what holds it together in my, my mind, right? Like, it's all fake. There's nothing real about The Bachelor. Like, I, Love is Blind, I think it somehow works for some, there's a, there's a modicum of realness in that show. There's no, no one goes on The Bachelor to find love, in my opinion. Like, you have to be completely deluded and or calculated and the outcome is becoming an influencer, public figure, whatever. Um, and you must buy into the lie that you will deny that, like, to your dying day or until the contract yeah. runs out and um yeah exactly you're you are out of bachelor nation at that point and that's like the only that's the only unifying concept of the show um so I I put this in the notes I, I was thinking about this how Shanae is like a good example of that in this season because she kind of like defies the form of a good character like you know the show's always judging people's character and she is a classic villain but she hasn't been ousted or rejected from the very like insular world of bachelor nation because she maintains the front that this is who she is and it's not a ploy to become famous right so she's a perfect candidate for bachelor in paradise because she's she's keeping it up and she's not going to expose the producers for editing her in a certain way or the editors for editing her in a certain way she's not gonna you know really call anyone out in a real way but only follow the sort of pre-approved um language basically that's allowed on that like I'd love an analysis like what words get used over and over and over again that like don't align to how people actually speak in the real world like that's the bachelor right 
Shanae, also like the finale, you also saw this, like, again, the reinforcing of Bachelor Nation by having like the panel of previous Bachelor people, right? Like Nick Vial, who's basically vice president of Bachelor Nation. Um, he's so cute. And also. He's so cute. <laughs> oh, cute. Um, he has a podcast. Yeah. So that's the other thing too, is like Bachelor Nation, like if we're thinking about it as a nation state, it also single-handedly has created like all these alternate forms of media, right? Like there's bachelor podcasts, there's bachelor in paradise, there's F boy Island, like arguably love is right. Like, so it's like, it's like kind of like laying the groundwork, but also it, it also operates just within, it just folds in on itself over and over and over again. Like, and the thing too, that's funny to me about the bachelor is like, again, Mia, you're talking about like this lie, like it's, it's the, the lie is absurd because, you know, they're like, oh, you're not here for the right reasons, but clearly going on the bachelor is a way to start your own brand, become an influencer, get on bachelor in paradise, start your own podcast. Like that's clearly how it sustains itself and why it's even popular. It's it's inconsistent. And the show constantly shows you the ripples in that reality, but because it has like unilateral control over the the way the show's produced and also the like commentary media around it like the podcasts right. and just sort of like I think why people like it is that they're it's kind of a suspension of disbelief you're like well, yeah I know this is fake but like I'm gonna go along with it anyway there it's just it feeds itself and feeds the entertainment factor because anything can happen and it just gets played off as if it's it's real right like this person was a villain yeah. last season. Now they come to Bachelor in Paradise, like Thomas. I don't know if you remember him. Goes to Bachelor yeah. in Paradise. And now he's like with Becca Cooperin, who's like the old Bachelorette. Like who would have thought that would have been, you know, for a show that really holds up people's character. Right. Like he was the villain. But yeah. it's fine. It just, you know, just sweep it under the rug. The way that you're talking about like all the podcasts and all the um, like affiliate media associated, even like the Twitter accounts, it really reminds me of like MSNBC or Fox News or like Russia Today, which are the, or like BBC, you know what I mean? It's just like nation states have like media talk pieces and it's not conspiratorial. It's just kind of like, like that's how part of the way that like nation states maintain power is by having you know, a, like a news station that supports their legitimacy. Exactly. Well, and ABC, especially, you know, like ABC is a network. Oh, you're that, right. Like, the ABC. news is on, you know, and like, it's a, it's a channel that sports are on, like, and the fans of the bachelor are often fans of sports. Like, sa- like they talk about it on like barstool sports. Like there's a, it's a crossover. <laughs> it's like the basics collide, you know? <laughs> But they also, like, for some reason, everyone in these basic-ass shows, like, Love is Blind and Bachelor, they all, like, live in Chicago. And that's also where, like, Barstool Sports is based. It's, like, very strange that all of them are just, like, from the (laughs) Midwestern stronghold. And I feel like it really gives the Midwest a bad name. Exactly. You know, me, you're saying like analysis of the words that are used, right? Like, and and I think that the language thing is something that I noticed. And I think this could be a good segue into Love is Blind if you guys are ready for that. You know, is that like the language, are we ready? I'm ready. Language of like breakup or like falling in love or like marriage, like they all take on like gaslighting, like they all take on in the moment, these kind of alternate meanings especially in the bachelor like things don't mean what they actually mean in real life but it's just like approximation but anyway i think love is blind is great 
is a great evolutionary piece to The Bachelor because it it does a lot of the same things The Bachelor does. It has its own rules, it has its own logic, but it actually takes it a step further than The Bachelor, I think, because it actually creates a space that is very purposefully outside of reality and it's like known and it's talked about as this outside space and then they enter real space. So there's a little more clarity on like what's real and what's fake, but it's also all still feels fake. Well, right. Because I think that, and like, we've talked about this a little bit. I think that it's, it's love or Netflix's framing device is not, this is a dating show. It's, this is a social experiment, which in a way like legitimizes it. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I think that like framing and I don't, I don't know how is bachelor nation for a reality show. Like, is that the framing device, a dating show? It's, a da- it's about, I mean, it is, they frame it as very much like you're here to it's find journey, love. And it's a process that works. That, journey. That's the difference is the, the framing as an experiment leaves the, the success of it open-ended, whereas the bachelor insists that this is a process that works you hear every lead being like I know this process works it's like how do you know you were on the last season and you you didn't you left either heartbroken or you didn't like the person so like right yeah it It didn't didn't work work. yeah love is blind feels like a commercial like for love is blind and it also feels like a commercial like for Netflix or something like Netflix reality shows we can't get into this too far too much but like they all have this kind of like they all feel like they like with a tweet that like there was a tweet that like oh love is blind like takes place in a we work yeah. you know or like they all feel like these like blank spaces that are like supposed to look like a certain brand or something but nothing is branded because it's Netflix so it's like everything is like everything is like devoid of context or like meaning or signifiers in this weird way but at the same time the commercial thing you know they kept saying on love is blind like it works and it, like that I couldn't help but like to think about that as like the language of like those oxyclean commercials like <laughs> it get works. your stains out right <laughs> like it works right and I feel like similarly and like in in like oxyclean commercials like there's a very um like it's a you know they're filmed in like yeah. a studio Right. And I kept thinking about like a guinea pig social experiment in Love is Blind because like, yeah, they don't get to see each other. That's the point. But there was they also didn't get to like see sunlight. That's the weirdest right. thing about Love is Blind. And I don't know if you guys have watched. They were like an underground bunker. Yeah, they're in a studio with like studio lighting. I said, I think I said to Joe, my boyfriend, like the worst part about being on the show for me would be the lighting. Like I would just feel like, where am I? This is so uncomfortable. Like you're under, you're, you're right. on a soundstage for two weeks or, or however long they're in there. And there's no reason it needs to be that. Like, and I write like these pods, whatever, it's no. like talking to someone on the phone. It's bizarre that they do it like this. Yeah, yeah no, exactly, exactly. Right. No, it's, it, it literally reminds me of in Stefan Zweig's book, uh, Chess Story. One of the chess players was like, I learned how to play chess because I was like, uh, like um, I was part of like the Austrian government and the Nazis kidnapped me. And instead of going to a concentration camp, they did something much worse. I was in a room with no sunlight where the lights never like where I could control the lighting. 
and he was just alone the whole time. And that's literally what I kept thinking of was like a Nazi torture (laughs) device where like all you start craving is any type of human connection. Like it, like that's part of the experiment is it makes you crave that because you're getting no other type of pleasure, not even from, you know, because like connecting with someone on an emotional level, it's, um, oh my God, what is the chemical in your brain that it releases? Endorphins. Yeah. Endorphins. Oxytocin. Oxytocin. I was going to say Oxycontin. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, exactly. It um it releases oxytocin and endorphins and you get those same things from like eating cheese or like from sunlight. Right. You know? But there's no sunlight so your your body and Just like cheese. Your enzymes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know if there's cheese. <laughs> there's no cheese or sunlight. But you know what I mean? Like there are these other external things but like one of the big things is like vitamin D and these people are stripped bare of everything. So the only thing that's going to give them that type of like distinct human pleasure is talking to like strangers through a as Gemma you were saying through the the like uh iPhone times like 5000 yeah like blue light that like it times 5000 because it's like 500 or whatever times bigger than an iPhone I don't understand like right. proportions or math human size. but it, it does look like a like, like also like you have to think about so it's like sensory deprivation removing that like removing them from any sort of like natural stimulus and then they're also in a room with a bunch of people who they're like kind of competing with or whatever like they don't give a shit about any of these other people and to go back to the lighting thing like in those pods it's like the only place they get a little privacy and it's like nice dimmed lighting it's like kind of a vibe in there (laughs) so yeah Right. And like, that's the thing too, is like the pods, like, that's what I was talking about. Like where there's a space, like the pods are like a designated extra reality place. Like they are, they are very clearly an experiment location, right? Like it's like, it's okay to like give yourself into this thing because this is not real. Like this is the, this is the non-real space where you're supposed to find something more real than the real world. It's like the camp effect. Then, but like Like the things. Yeah. Right. Right, exactly. And and I think what's interesting about Love is Blind too is like, to me, I mean, I feel like all Netflix shows feel like this. Like I've been thinking about this a lot. Like all Netflix shows feel like just like jacked up reality shows. Like they're like, oh, you're going to do it this way. We're going to make it 10 times crazier. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's literally The Bachelor, but it's on speed. It's like it, 10 days long for them to meet and fall in love and get engaged. That's insane. So it's like, one, you can't see your love. Two, you talk to them for what, like seven days like it's insane to be in that like in, the, in that environment well that's why like nick and danielle clearly nick was like i gotta yeah. get out of here yeah, <laughs> yeah i know like, <laughs> that is the only way that you can leave and the only get, way that you can leave is to commit yourself to someone right and then you get you get the and like but it's also like this kind of like you know i feel like the bachelor and all these shows are a lot about like this reveal oh i talk about the reveal a lot and like this feels like an extended reveal it's like you you they reveal something about themselves in the pods emotional then they reveal themselves physically mm. and then it's revealed how they actually engage with the world on an right. individual level their families are revealed and then their ability to work together or not work together is revealed and then it's just so it's just like this kind of constant like man i don't know i just got this feeling from netflix shows it's like the circle meth the circle on is meth. another one of those that i think really really exactly dude that. yeah 
that show is insane. What's the circle? Oh. <laughs> Ugh, we have to, we have to, we probably have to have an episode about it. It's a honest. social media competition. They're isolated also in like an apartment building. The lights, the lights also in that show are crazy, like fluorescent lighting. What, something I think is interesting about Love is Blind, this is another, Love is Blind and also the circle is that they have this kind of like big brother um, style way of shooting yeah. it where they have like cameras up in the corner of the walls, which they don't need to do it that way. Like they could, they could like, <laughs> cameras, like anyway, but they want you to feel like no one's there shooting the, the show, right? Like they don't want you to feel like there's a, yeah, yeah there's a producer, there's a cameraman. They want you to feel like this was just kind of captured. Um, which The Bachelor is obviously not like that. Yeah. I mean, I think too, like there's this kind of like the the Bachelor has like, um, you know, like The Bachelor allows for there to be like this existence of like fantasy or like this like fantasy future, be fantasy suites, right? There's like this, there is this kind of like you can, you know, we're fooling ourselves watching it, but you can tell the contestants are kind of fooling themselves sometimes. And I feel like, again, like, like jacked up, like this show, it's like next, it's like Bachelor 5.0 or something is partly because like, you know, it's like, it's all about the imagination. And it's even then because of that, even more so about like the inevitable disappointment that like meets all the Bachelor contestants. I mean, that's an interesting component of it, I think. It's like, it's just the the letdown is just already so much greater and like already kind of imbued in the structure of the show. And it's like, well, can you handle the letdown? It's, it's, you know? I mean, I, I wonder if anyone can really be, if you, if you forge a relationship with someone and you never, you don't see them or I imagine that I would be disappointed kind of no matter what, because you create an image of them in your head. Exactly. Um, and it's like almost like a Jungian like image of yourself. Right. It's a projection of your desire. It's a projection of what you think you need or want, which I think is like, ironically, like kind of a critique that like modern dating gets. It's like, everyone wants this like idealized version of somebody or every, there's so many choices that you can like, you want somebody to like fit into your life or something. And like, I feel like this is actually even more, you create that, that, that becomes even more of a thing. Whereas if you meet somebody first and you see them, you know who they are. And then you get to like, you know, work with that, but. Yeah. I mean, I was just like stricken by like intense anxiety watching Love is Blind because I think like, probably because like that, it's just, they have a very strange understanding about like what love is. You know what I mean? Or I feel like part of their social experiment or their hypothesis is testing, a, you know, a type of love defined in a certain way. Like love is strong emotional, or they're saying that romantic love is strong emotional connection and that's the only thing it should and be strong emotional connection that which is just built on time or any real tests of trust yeah immediate immediate strong emotional connection but the way that they uh i i so i was talking about this through the lens of a shake and deep d's relationship which was like a very contested relationship on season two i think that especially by the time of the reunion like everyone seems to hate shake but mm -hmm. i actually am really like on shakes me too 
And I think that part of that is because, as I noted, he's the only one with like a medical or scientific degree. Like he's a vet. He like literally has a scientific medical degree and he, he, he has a very analytical mind. Um, and I think that he really understands what it means to like have an experiment mm. and to have a hypothesis and to have a question and to have like the certain, um, oh my God, what is it called? Like the, like the certain like elements that make the scientific that- method. Yeah, the scientific method. He's well-versed in the, in the scientific method. And I think that part of his argument for why the show didn't work for him is that their scientific method is, is yeah. flawed. You know what I mean? Or he was like, he was trying to, and I don't think he like used the right language, but I think that he was trying to say is this doesn't work. Love is not blind. But I think that that was also, he was also pointing to another flaw in the scientific method, in the proposed scientific method of the show, because you, you see that there's only one possible answer. You need to say, yes, love is blind because in, in some way that's like going to be like a freeing societal thing. But, but it's also not like Nick and Vanessa Lachey are both like beautiful people. <laughs> I and hate like, them so much. Yeah. They're like so weird. And it's just like, obviously, like if you're in a romantic relationship, like you're gonna have sex with each other. And like <laughs> the sex you have is like really important. And right. like, and if you're not, if you're not sexually attracted to someone, you can still be deeply in love with them. Right. You know, that's what's called a, a friendship. And it's yeah. not less than a romantic relationship. It's just like, it's a romantic relationship minus the, minus the sex. So it was very strange to me also that like through this show, they're trying to be like, like, it's not about what you look like. You don't need to look a certain way to be loved. But it was also saying like, fuck friendship. Like right. the only way that you can possibly connect with someone is, is if the emotions turn into sex, which again is a really almost manipulative way to, to understand love and to understand connection. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a juicy happening with, with Nick and Danielle where she uses her intense emotionality as an excuse to be loved. And I think that, that's like, that's like very complicated, but it's just like, I, no, I think like you're right. Yeah. Or whatever. And that's not healthy. That's not good. That's, but, but I think that that's kind of like one of the arguments well, the of the show. So like yeah. to that point breeds codependency in that these people meet Mm. and it should be really an open-ended question of whether or not it makes sense for them to continue but the premise of the show is like you must make this work like at any cost and accept this person for who they are and if you don't and if you're not like I think Mallory and Sal are actually kind of the exception to that because they didn't, they were just like, yeah, not for us, but it wasn't because there was an issue. Like, I think it would have been, it's interesting if there is an issue and they're like, okay, this isn't going to work because you need to work on this and I got to work on this. And like, we're not, maybe we like each other, but like, we're not ready or we're not the right fit or you're not the person I want to be with. And if you say that on that show, or you, there's something about the other person that makes you not want to be with them. Um, you're a bad person on the show. It's a moral, it's a moral failure. failure. Yeah, like, and that's okay. Yeah, like Shake. Like Shake. Shake, yes. He acted like an asshole. I think he it's kind like of a asshole. dick. He thought Shake was like, I'm not going to, like, you know, stand by that. But no, not being attracted to someone is a perfectly reasonable reason to not be with them. Like, 
Full stop. Yeah. Yeah. I also yeah. thought Shake said something so poetic. He was like, I want love is blurry. Yeah, I know. I love, I love. And I was like, that is beautiful. <laughs> Can you imagine if like, instead of like, a, instead of uh, like the fully opaque, there it's was blurry. just kind of like a little blurry glass. So you could like, like kind of. Me. So that randomly. Glass, he'd be like, no, I need you to be five two. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quick tangent. Um, there was a show, this British, like this psycho British dating show that was like, speaking of like opaque or blurry, it was a show where it was like people's bodies behind naked bodies. It was like a man or a woman was sitting there and there was four people's bodies like behind these doors and the doors would slowly inch up and they had to decide who they wanted to be with before the door got to their head. So like, (laughs) it was, I watched it. I watched it like four years ago with my friend and I was like, I, I did, I like, didn't recover for like days. Oh, okay, no. wait. This is an also a Netflix game show. <laughs> about bestiality? You know, decide which animal you want to no. fuck before you get to the It's they put people in full prosthetics to make them look like animals or like a witch or whatever. No. And then they date. And then they choose who they want to continue. Who is doing this? Who's coming up with this show? I just opened like Microsoft Teams. That's not what I need right now. Um, Sorry, guys oh my god or like naked dating i think it was called like naked dating yeah just naked it was a dating show but you're just like naked the whole time like nudist colony dating right (laughs) you're like what like also like what is wrong with people that they can't like (laughs) normally date like literally what is wrong with people what is up with this do you think that like people do you think that like a lot of like I don't even know, like, I don't know what people, but do you, maybe it's the people making the show. Maybe it's the people hosting or the people on the show. Do you think that they're just like, like, what is wrong with, with liking someone because of the way, like, what's, what's wrong with image-based society? Because this is also concocting. And I think that part of what we're talking about is like these types of shows where you can't see the person or you can only see a certain part of them. Um, it's creating a new type of image-based society. It's just a different image. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like they're getting rid of the image. Right. Or they're getting rid of appearance. Because Gemma and I were texting when watching Love is Blind, like the woman and the men still like dress to the fucking nines and put on like full faces of makeup to go into the pods. And like Shane is always wearing her like sexy little outfit so she can say like, I'm wearing a crap outfit, even though she can fucking lie. Like, what are you wearing? You could be like a thong bikini and like my fingers and my vagina. But, you know, like if it's not like she could be like, I don't know, like you could say whatever you want. But like for some reason, like people still feel the need to dress up so well. Much. Yeah, I mean, it's the, right. the it doesn't need to be said, but it's the like absurdity of a show called Love is Blind. That's a reality TV show where people were watching them. You know, it's like these people are now up to everyone yeah. else's um, judgment and uh, scrutiny. That in and of itself defeats the purpose of the show, right? When it's like, how are we going to defeat the idea of an image-based society ba- like, or, or like a society based on appearance if 
the whole show is about being watched and scrutinized on national right. television. Well, like, how is this helping at all? Like, what is this doing for the pursuit of love? It's so frivolous, you know? It's like, so like, literally by the, <laughs> throughout the show, I was like, okay, literally like, why though? <laughs> You know, like, babe, just go on. And then literally go at the end. Like, you'll be fine. Just stop. Just don't do this. Like, Or just, like, go on Hinge and, like, only put blurry photos. Smart. Right. Love is blurry. Hinge is blurry. Couples who did make it to the end, who got, you know, married, one of whom, I forget their names, that, like, they were, like, an attractive Black couple. Like, they were both hot. So Shana and Jarrett. Jared and Ayana. They were great. And then the other couple that got together absolutely should not have. <laughs> well, first of all, he's gay. He is so OCD. Wash the gay away. It's sad. They're, they're, I mean, I hope it works out for them, but they're both so deeply traumatized and don't know what to do with it. It's just true. I put a note that was like, that was like, he has given her something she's always wanted. This will haunt them their entire lives. Is this gonna <laughs> <happen>? <laughs> Are you haunted? <laughs> and then he like looks to the camera and he like smile. Smiles. <laughs> like the ESPN and we'll be back. <laughs> you also had a note about this having a similarity to catfish. Which I thought was good because there's obviously like a lot of presence of like reality TV history in this show. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Catfish is a very fascinating um, series, and I think that actually the similarities between Catfish and Love Is Blind says a lot about like how to how to frame a show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think that Catfish could totally be a Love Is Blind scenario. Like Like the people just like they're hungry for love, and then when they finally see each other sometimes it works out most of the time it, it doesn't because people have deep psychological issues that which is why they were drawn into this type of relationship and I think that love is bond is like it attracts people with like a little bit a little bit less psychosis but still like a have like a healthy amount of psychosis mm-hmm. an unhealthy amount but uh, anyway whatever but right, um, right. but I think that they're like basically the same type of show because I think that a lot of the 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 psychological drive behind people who do catfish as seen on the show catfish it's because they feel deeply insecure about the way that they look usually because they're obese or they are are just like not like classically attractive mm-hmm. in, in any way that that presents itself or they like live in a very rural place or they're like like they're very poor or something like that which makes them like not able to talk to the or or they're closeted right. uh, so they go online to either like as an out man or like as a woman um but but I think it's all because these people and then the people who respond they're hungry for love mm-hmm. and it's a type of love that they haven't been able to find when they look through it in terms of like appearance first and I think that it, it has a lot to do with like I don't know just like people are like my inside is different from my outside or the needs of my inside don't match up to what I look like on the outside and there's this amazing episode of Catfish where it was like the quarterback of the football team thinks that he's like in love with this like similarly aged like like he's like this wealthy white 18 year old and he thinks he's talking to like a wealthy white 18 year old woman and then he goes to meet her and it's like a black 
gay man who's, you know, who, who like does this to a lot of like similarly affluent, like similarly Mm. like white and similarly like, like a teenage uh, men, you know? And then at the end of the show, you know, they check in with both people and the, the man who is catfishing moves to New York and he's like, finally, I can be around like other gay people. Finally, I can be around like a city that's like rich with like POs, like queer POC history. Right. So, right. So I think that there's like a similar psychological need, but like in a way that love is blind, like consents to it a little bit more. Consents to it with the condition that everyone who participates is normatively attractive and any combination of the people on the show will be palatable to the audience. And I think what's so revealing about that is that two of the leading women on the show this season talked about how they had recently lost like 70 pounds which oh which is intense that is crazy crazy. and it's like I would have loved to have seen them on the show like I mean it probably would have been like a bad situation given the way that people have acted on the show but like what if they went on the show before they lost 70 pounds like the message that sends me is like wow you are so beautiful no matter how you look but really only now that you've lost 70 pounds interestingly in terms of like the chimera of like reality tv shows like you know this it was really like again it had that like it had like the speed to it like this like urgency but you know like they had like this like very quick like blip episode that was like temptation island where it's like are they gonna cheat like are they gonna like all be here now and see who they rejected and you know cheat and like that's what they did with mallory and i thought so too and but then they didn't which was like kind of a disappointment because it's like that would have been no but it's because that would actually reveal but, that love is not blind. That actually would have given you a confirmation that love is not blind. Because the show is predicated on this emotional relationship, not physical. They don't really even talk about the physical. Right. And in my mind, I was like, oh, Mallory and Jarrett, although Jarrett, they did go through with it, with it in the end, like they crossed that boundary. Like when I saw that, I was yeah. like, oh, she's just like, they're just trying to stay on the show. Like she doesn't give a shit about Sal, you know? And their relationship yeah. is doomed from that point onward. It's like, all right, it's done. No, Jared confused me yeah. in that sense. And I think that Gemma, you were even saying like, it seems almost as if Jared and Nick both at the reunion were like, wait, like you didn't all get married. Like I, th- yeah. I thought that we were all supposed to get married guys. Yeah. Like what's going on? Um. No, Jarrett really surprised me going through with his marriage to Ayana because like, I mean, him and Ayana obviously like clicked, but I think that like him and Mallory, like there was like an obvious like love there. Lost. Like they really yeah. vibed. Like, they vibed and you could tell that it like would have like been fully explosive. Like I think that, that like that's like a type of relationship that you should follow. Yeah. The one he wanted. Yeah, 100%. Right. And it almost felt like it like wasn't like allowed or possible. And even Kyle was saying that like he always like deep D or something. Like it was strange because it was almost like they couldn't switch. Because it would have been easy for Jarrett to be like, hey, Ayana, like, sorry, but like I'm gonna go pursue Mallory. Right. Like they've been like, I mean, yeah, they're engaged, but like what does that mean when it's on a reality show and you've been engaged for like 48 hours and you never like it means it. nothing i shouldn't have been shocked but i was shocked at the deep tea and shake wedding that she said no i was shocked 
I like her. She, I think she's really smart. Oh, I, I, I can't, can't stand, stand her. her either. Oof. <laughs> I like loved every single person on this show. It's like the first show I've ever watched. Like, I hate everyone on The Bachelor. Can't stand them. Same with like Real Housewives. They're horrible. Love is Blind. I'm rooting for all of them. Obsessed. I mean, with I'm shame. truly devastated <laughs> by the end of that relationship. Um, that was but rough. He's obviously an alcoholic, and his whole family are like Wisconsin alcoholics. And like his dad, when the, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have an old fashioned fountain because the, my dad would have loved one. Big time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what poor guy, poor but um, uh, Deep D, you know, I was proud of her for walking away. I was shocked. I was shocked. She's just annoying and immature as hell in my mind. Like they really, it's like The Bachelor. Like they tried to play up with Gabby and Rachel, like who I thought were actually yeah. for themselves, like way better than Deep D did, like and established. Mm-hmm. Abby did, but Deep Deep was just like, oh, he treated me like shit for the like whole time. I'm gonna wait until the wedding to be like, I'm you're 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 gonna regret the day that you rejected me. Like blah blah blah. blah. I was like, whatever. Shane is okay. Shane is the only one who I was like, you're you are fucked up. Not not because of like the Christianity thing. Just okay, but she doesn't believe in evolution. I mean, can we take a moment? <laughs> yeah, she does. She also like her lip filler. Not good. Not expensive. Yeah. That was like Taylor uh, on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. So Phoebe, I, I noticed that you um you gave a little uh etymologic history of sight unseen. Shall we round out with that? Yeah. Do, do you want to, I mean, I do, do, would you like to lead with it? In, in Love is Mind, as we've said, they, they're kind of reaffirming what the show is. Like one of my favorite comedic moments was um, when they're always like, I met the love of my life through a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, we know, like we get it. Like we watched the whole thing. And like the Lachey's hate are always being like, is love truly blind? These contestants will have met their fiance sight unseen. And I literally was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I know you're texting me. You're like, is this a thing? They said, like, I was like, is that a thing like that people yeah. say? I, I, I've never heard, heard of it. Sight unseen? Yeah, sight unseen. I've heard, there's a design blog called it's sight unseen. Like it's, a, it's like an idiomatic phrase. Yeah. It's an idiot. It's like an idiomatic. I guess I've never heard it, but I just also think that it's. Um, I just feel like in the context of the way they said it, it just was like, what? Well, was they're like, what? like robots. Literally, they're like robots. Like they could say anything and it would sound cursed coming out of their mouths. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Well, the most interesting thing when I was looking at the etym- etymology of sight unseen was that, so the, you know, Mar- Merriam-Webster online, they have like the like use it in a sentence so there are three sentences and the first one is from an nbc news segment about love is blind oh and then the the next two are about their other like news segments but it's about like property ownership yeah it's like this person bought a house sight unseen or it's like a lot like during the pandemic a lot of people in the bay area bought houses in oakland sight unseen Mm -hmm. so which again proves shake's point when he's like he's like hear me out like marriage is or like 
he's like, marriage is like the ultimate contract. And everyone's like, no, it's not like, don't be such a douche, but it, but it really is like, Mm -hmm. I I don't understand why people don't think that it is like, you literally need to sign a contract and like be in need, like no matter what denomination you are, like you need to be officiated by like the state government. You know what I mean? Um, he says, so like he that's says really the ultimate good. purchase, which is the ultimate purchase. Oh, right, right. The ultimate purchase or commitment, but it's, but it's still like, a, I don't know. That's why it's a contract because it, it is a purchase because you also need to purchase a marriage license, you know, purchase <laughs> a wedding. No, but, but you really do. Or even just like the, the, the idea of a dowry or even just like, um, like a contemporary not, not dowry, but like a contemporary exchange where it's like the father of the bride pays for the wedding. That's usually just like what happens, which is just like, that's the exchange of money. Like yada, yada, yada. Like in a lot of families, like when you marry into the family, like you end up taking care of your in-laws financially for the rest of your life. They're not your blood, but they kind of become that. But, but anyway, but it's very interesting to me that sight unseen, which is like the language of love is blind, it's usually used in in terms of purchase or in terms of contract or in terms of kind of like the risk mm. of like an auction, you know? Like Which, you're not seeing the cow again, you like it, basically, like yeah, no, exactly, sight unseen. But it was a really good deal. It's like Whoa. Facebook Marketplace. It's like any number of like weird purchases or weird commitments that you make in in your life. That again is like the 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 confusing or the flawed hypothesis of the show is to confuse the 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 word of contract sight unseen which is also very like it's it's almost like very legal um to confuse that with with love and the 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 link between the two being the show and and that aspect of the way they talk about it like further um like separates the idea of like the body and the soul right like their point is kind of like you love the soul so like the body comes with it like they're one but really they're just like disembodying you and then there's this reconciliation that has to happen when you do face each other and it's just the denial of that um like the show would be probably way more interesting if they just were not allowed to talk about anything like the other person's physical appearance like they couldn't call the other person like beautiful or like mention their physical like that would be that'd be kind of interesting um and not that those two things are like parallels but but yeah like there's this denial of it yeah so yeah I must say though, I must say it is, it's a lot harder to record the podcast when like the, when we're not recording on zoom and we can't see each other's faces. Yes. Cause we've done that before. Like it's it, for me, for me, at least like you, it's very difficult to have a conversation without a face. Like I can talk on the phone. Um, but I think that the phone is the type of medium where like you can walk around and you can look at other things on the phone, but it's hard to have a conversation where you're just kind of staring at like a like a glowing mm. thing right that imagined so. person right exactly projection of self i i really i'm on, I'm on like the projection of self are you there right are you there god it's me deep d <laughs> that was a lovely conversation i really had a great time thanks for coming on mia 
Thank you, guys. We're giving the world what they need. We're being relevant. Look at us. We're staying on top of current events. Good night. (laughs) Good night. Bye. Bye. Outside girl who knows her way. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned, oh yeah. To hold the door when I give them so much more than they can imagine. Money rich and manners poor never got the boys too far. Money talks, but I just walk when I can't stand it. And the primary mistake texting on a date. If you make a lady wait, she'll take a pass. The lesson all should learn, even if there's cash to burn. Respect yourself, cause no one else can change your path. Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned My friends Elegance is learned Oh yeah Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned My friends Elegance is learned Forget to allow the men you've met to exemplify their very best behavior. When entering a room, greet everyone, and soon you'll be invited and entitled to the grandeur. Your company should feel when a conversation's real, even if the topic feels like science class. You can tell where someone's been without even asking him. He's either rude or has some style and panache. Money can't buy your class Money can't buy your class Elegance is learned My friends Elegance is learned Oh yeah Life is all about elegance and flair And savoir-faire You don't have to be rich or famous to be unforgettable Haha <laughs> It's not about where you're from, it's about what you've learned. Money can't buy your class. Money can't buy your class. Elegance is learned, my friends. Elegance is learned. Money can't buy your class.